0: The importance of reviews. In our opinion. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square Day a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saw Bridges bringing you Lucky, episode 53. I gave you those jazz fingers. The jazz fingers. Uh, I, I'm quite familiar with those. Hey, jazz fingers are great, you know. <laughs> oh man visual people are just in for a treat I, I, I want someone to screen cap that and add a quote that just really fits extremely well you liam i'll say liam uh, liam I, I call you fast
1: out. <laughs> with memes liam but for those that don't know we are triangle squared a playstation podcast we come to your beautiful ears every monday at 10 a.m pacific time and 12 noon central time and um we already introduced ourselves we are here you can find us on youtube you can find us on SoundCloud. all podcast services around the globe and except spotify we always <laughs> i forget about spotify
0: but uh hey brett what have you been playing this week mr saul i'm just, can i call you mr saul no can i call you mr son sure okay son <laughs> yes dad uh,
1: Yes, Father. The
0: majority of this week has been, um, I, w- I don't want to say plagued. That sounds bad. The majority of this week has been filled with Far Cry 5. Um, so, shout out Far Cry 5, Ubisoft Montreal, if I'm not a mistaken. Did great job of it. Um, You'll hear that I, later yeah, on we're, this Yeah, we're going to do an impressions episode That uh, once we get a little more time with the game. Uh, that's one thing we wanted to both be sure of is that we didn't give too early of impressions because... The game is, I mean, this, if you don't want my just general opinion, and I think Saul would agree with this, the game's great, obviously. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really good. Work um, the $60, dude. Coming from being someone who's played every Far Cry release, it's a little weird. Uh, there's changes that I don't necessarily agree with or didn't at first, but I'm coming more to terms with now. Uh, and and I'm not seeing them quite as negative as I was. So I mean, I don't know. It, it's interesting. It's just one of those things where Saul did not play much of three. I don't think Saul played much of four, or even played four at all. Possibly.
1: No, I never played four. Did you played... play primal? No. Okay, so this I played is one, two, and that's it.
0: Okay, so this is Saul's grand return to the franchise. Yes. So I'm sure the changes don't seem as weird to him.
1: Am I not mistaken? Was there not a Far Cry Three remaster that was supposed to come out too? Like I know it was bundled. Hold up, like, bro!
0: It's in the news. A special.
1: Okay, yeah, we'll get to that here in a little bit. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I, I will have that.
0: you. I will have you understand, and I'll I'll go in a little more in depth in it than I was going to in the news since you were forgetting just in case people didn't know uh but yeah played a bunch of far cry 5 love it hopped on to diablo 3 even after getting the plat, which i that is a go to show that the game is still so fun to me regardless of the fact that i burned myself out on it at one point so i'm glad that now i can go back to it without any issues uh donovan moved back to alabama as i I saw he got a ps4 again uh no he's just playing on his parents um and because his is here in a pawn shop uh Still here, still is. His parents have a PS4? Yes, his, his, his parents both game and play Diablo and love it. Uh, anyway, he's are very you kidding? close. Yeah, no, dude. Okay. Absolutely, His whole family plays Diablo as a family fan. I, I, I couldn't tell if you are joking. No, absolutely. His mom, or his stepmom, his dad, all of his brothers play Diablo. It's actually an interesting setup. Uh, but anyway, he's really close to the Platinum, and he's never had a Platinum before, so he's down to just the... Uh, um, The bounties Uh, bounties trophy. And one thing I did want to shout out to Bobo may from discord. I can't remember your name on Twitter, Uh, but you know who you are. You mentioned, and Liam, I think also mentioned about being able to be in the same area, partner up and go do different um, bounties. And I said that we ran into issues that when we, uh, when me and toxic had played Uh, and we did run into that issue. And I'm not sure why, but just as a retest um, whenever I was playing with Donovan, because he has so many to do, uh, we split up. And because of us splitting up, I was like, well, take your numbers, get a count beforehand and get a count afterwards. We did uh, two a piece that were different and then came together and fought the boss together and they all counted. So that is good. That's helping us get that done quicker. So good shout out. I'm glad I retried it. Otherwise I would have been really grinding that out. Cause he's at like 300. So we still have 200 to do. Oh my gosh. Um, but I hopped into that. And I don't think I've played anything else this week, honestly. So, um, you know, so for me, my wife is calling.
1: That's interesting. Uh um, gonna see what she wants,
0: but without answering. Right. Continue, so Um.
1: So for me, I've been playing. You know, the Far Cry, not three, uh, five. Uh, quite a lot actually. I have gotten through one particular area, and I'm hoping to get through the game by we, by the time we review it, because I feel like that'll make a whole lot more sense. But I've been playing Divinity two a lot lately too. Or as well, I guess you know, for more of a structured sentence there. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Divinity oh, too, yeah, and still kind of hopping on Dark Souls two every now and then, just kind of chip away at that platinum. But realistically, I got back to the Shaded Ruins again, and I hate that area. It's just an annoying area to fight.
0: Oh, and Dark something, yeah, you, you remember I didn't play much of um, of Dark Souls two. So.
1: Something they did really cool in Dark Souls two in this particular area is that you know when you're playing Dark Souls and you see phantoms running around that are players in the world that are white. Yep. They're, in this area, there are some that are enemies, and they look just like that, and you can't tell who what's enemies or what's real phantoms. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, eventually after you see like a couple of them, you can kind of you can kind of guess. So I shouldn't say I guess you because can't you, tell you start because they're pretty telegraphed. Yeah, that's what i was but about to say. They're sitting there, and it's like NPCs or your other players just won't sit there. Um, but yeah, I, I will chip away at, at that eventually. I'm I'm just really kind of getting excited for Dark Souls Three. I mean, not really, but you know, Dark Souls One Remaster. Um, I have been playing Dark Souls 3, though, uh, on the randomizer mod. I had to restart because I got screwed over. (laughs) And, um, I mean, it's fun. It's just it's not really well structured in a way that you can just keep going back and playing. Are Um, you talking
0: about just the way the game's paced?
1: I mean, no, I mean... You kind of get tired of having to swap out your weapons. It's almost like what people complain oh, about in Breath of the Wild.
0: Yeah, I got you. You're talking about like specifically the way you're going about playing. Yeah. So yeah. It, actually, it, that it, was a huge thing I didn't like in Breath of the Wild either. Was when you got a good weapon, it would break, and yeah. you had no way to craft the weapon. I never, that I never can really remember. minded because I had an abundance of them. But well, I did too. But then when you have you have your inventory maximum, and like okay, I got the Guardian Sword in that game, and I loved it, right? And yeah, I had a, I had like a bunch of break. them, right? But they break so easy, Quite, yeah. And I was like, man, I have like four of these, but I'm flying through them, you know? So I don't know. It, it was a weird
1: mixture, um, but other than that, like let me see here: Dark Souls three a little bit, Divinity two, um, downloaded Spec Ops the Line since that was for a yeah. bundle, and, and I
0: meant to share that on the on the Twitter and I totally didn't. I apologize. It,
1: I, it's pretty good. I played for the, about the first hour and I could definitely tell the story is going to be real. I've not played this game ever before and I can tell the story is going to be real dark. But we got Nino Kuni too, mainly for Annie, and she's been playing through that and I've kind of watched her, so it looks super fun.
0: I don't know because I haven't got into it yet and I was still debating on whether I wanted to get into it but I've heard from multiple people who I know that love the first game uh, close friends personal friends in real life and then even people who are you know um, you know Games media coverage who loved the first game and then ended up saying that this is a fine game, but it's so obvious that Ghibli has not, or Ghibli, whatever you say, uh, has Ghibli. nothing to do with this game because they're like it's this, it's you know you see all of the game systems are there, but it lacks the heart of the first game.
1: Well, the first game had fully animated cutscenes as well. This yeah. game does not, from what I've seen. Mm. Uh, see, I so remember that in the
0: in the original, in scene. the original,
1: it definitely looked like you were watching a, a Studio Ghibli film from certain cutscenes in the game and this game kind of lacks that so but watching her it's it, it looks super fun um i downloaded a game called mercenary sagas on my switch and that's basically a final fantasy tactics clone really fun but really terribly ch- translated
0: is it the one you talked about in the discord
1: yeah like it, it is the exact same as final fantasy tactics i, gotcha. I forgot this guy is on switch too and i may just pick that up instead since that's
0: five yeah okay but before is not right I don't think so. Uh, I think the only Disgaea game on there is is uh, 5. Yeah. Is the remake of 2 going to come to Switch? I can't remember. I mean, would uh, ballin'. Doesn't matter for me, but I'm just I, mean, I it know curious. it's coming on
1: PS4, right? Yes. Yeah. And I that's think Vita, PS4 and Vita. It has to come to Switch then, if that's the case.
0: Um, I mean, I disagree. Vita needs, some, Vita needs some games. It needs some, de- it needs that some are dying. So I say that. I mean, it's good one. that Vita gets it anyway, but I would... Just because of the Vita situation, because basically the Vita is Switch 1.0, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it the vita is basically the predecessor idea behind the switch the switch just ended up succeeding <laughs> having yeah support i was gonna say the main company it, that put it out well yeah but it's too early to really say that i mean it's obvious that the switch is going to continue to get its support but i mean you didn't see sony bow out until two years so the switch hasn't yeah, I kinda seen it
1: off yet. by like the first year though
0: it's- no not really not really after the I first the first year after
1: made by Sony on the Vita after the first year. Oh yeah, Kills on Mercenary,
0: um I mean um
1: Gravity Rush came out in year one. Yeah. Drake uh Drake's uh, Golden Abyss came out in year one. Those are
0: launch game lots are launch window games. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, Killzone Liberation was one of Planet them. I did not come Tearaway out. Tearaway was one. Uh, Little big Planet was first year, though, I'm fairly positive. If not, it was right after first year. Well, I'm talking about, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Was uh, after. But no, but Mer- Killzone Mercenary and Tearaway were both really big games for the Vita that people loved and did well. I
1: thought Tearaway was a launch window game, or nope. at least not like a six months from launch. Nope,
0: they announced it at Gamescom uh, the year after Vita had released, like a full year on the market pretty much. Uh, and it got around And I thought those were Huge announcements At that point in time I was like man great The Vita is going to make a an even stronger push We're getting a kill zone That looks fantastic We're getting Tearaway Which is little Planet people Making a really cool Interesting game And I love Tearaway I thought I, it was a good
1: game Yeah I never played it I know Annie really loved I did not Yeah I did not PS4. play The PS4
0: one uh, But that's because did you at least get it While it was free I'm pretty sure I did. Okay. I didn't play it at first because it's the, it's the same game just reworked to make sense with the touch I mean, basically the input gestures yeah, on the PS4. Yeah, it, so like they changed the puzzles but only because they were trying to make it make sense on the PS4. That makes sense. You, you had a back touchpad and they used that right. a lot in, in the original game. It was so you'd cool. stab your finger your, through. Yeah,
1: didn't the camera capture your finger too and it actually looked you like You took a picture
0: finger? of your hand or something like that up, oh, front, okay. up, up at the beginning of the game. It didn't capture it once you came to the thing because how could it see the end of your finger but it looked yeah. convincing enough. So, I mean, it was it was pretty interesting. I love that game. I think it's a cool use of the Vita, but a lot wow. of people didn't love the uses. Of, it's like, okay, the, the touchpad and stuff, don't get me wrong, the back touchpad is kind of dumb, and I mean, carrying forward, I would scrap it too, but it's like people who say that the touchpad doesn't need to be on the next PS4, but I'm like, why? The touchpad has... You like, limit yourself one of one of compatibility. Well, that's way, true, too. but one of Ryan's things is that not many games utilize it well, but I mean, games utilize it regardless.
1: What, what kind of irritates me is that Star and, or Options and Touchpad have always seemed to be backwards to me in games. Like I feel like Options should be your menu button, where it turns out Touchpad is in most of the games. Yeah. It just feels off to me for It some just reason. depends,
0: because there's games like Far Cry and Burnout. That's that, one of that, them that, that I keep always start do go my in that a menu. weird way. Yeah, yeah. But
1: I'm going to go ahead and hop into the blog over here at PlayStation for the drop, this week's weekly releases. Good. We have the Adventure Pals for PS4. Bunny must die. Chelsea and the Seven Devils for PS Vita and ps That's, that's PS4. the whole name. That's the whole name.
0: Great. Uh, obviously, a Japanese game has to be.
1: Oh yeah, the art. You yeah, the art <laughs> is great. Crisis of the Planet of the Apes for PSVR. Dangun, Feveron. I keep want to say almost. Uh, I can Rumpa. say that very slowly because I would I wouldn't have said Dangun Rapa. Um, Deadland for PS4. Ignamatus Three: The Shadow of Caracalla for PS4. Epic Dumpster Bear, Dumpster Fire Redo for PS4. Flight of Light for PS4. Impact Winter for PS4. Infernium for PS4. Island Time VR for, you guessed it, PlayStation VR. The King of Fighters 97 Global Match for PS4 and PS Vita. We have Metropolis Lux Obscura for PS4 and PS Vita. We have Minutes for PS4. Of mice and sand, revised for PS4. Penny Pungeon Princess for PS Vita. Raining clouds for PS4. Remembered for PS4. Hmm. Sir eats a lot for PS Vita, and that's <laughs> it. No physical games this week, at least according to the uh, the drop, which is interesting. interesting. A lot of you know what? Crash now... looking indie games. I, yeah, should, I shouldn't so... be that mean. A lot of mobile looking indie games.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I get get where your mind was at when you say trash, so I don't blame you by any standard, oh my lord. You know, what's funny when you said that, I found a game on sale early this week that I can't remember who I was on chat with, but I thought it was hilarious to me, um, that, I think it was Ryan, but anyway, the game was called something, and it was obviously a game that came out on PC first and then made its way over to PS4. And the game's surname that they gave when bringing it over to the PS4 was the Slightly Better Edition. And I thought that was hilarious to me for some reason. That is weird. I was like, this is the greatest name ever. It was like, the game's not this, but it was like Dungeons, Slightly Better Edition. And I'm like, I love that. I would lean into the joke if I were you know, the developer. I was like, why not? I mean, it is, people are like Enhanced Edition, like it's gonna be something crazy. They added like a Loco Roco mission. Okay, great, that's not really Enhanced. That's just slightly more crap to do. That would be an even better surname. <laughs> the sort of ditto. That's the one I'm actually talking about with the Loco Rocos. It'd be funny if that was the name of a sort of ditto on PS4 for some reason. Slightly more crap to do edition. Yeah.
1: It has to justify that extra like fifteen dollars that I'm going to pay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it always depends on the games because sort of ditto actually looks cool. I kind of think I want it.
1: I almost regret buying the Devil May Cry
0: collection. Oh Lord, yeah. Well, I mean, it's okay. At times I wish we'll, Sony we'll get well, if you call, they'll occasionally give them to you if you have not enough time on it. I may mix
1: up. Switch and the PS4 because I know one company will only do one refund ever for your, the life of your account. And I mm. think that might be Switch, but I could be wrong. And
0: who knows? It could be Sony too because my understanding is that when you get on Sony support, it's like whichever support person you get is like a, a dice roll of if you're going to get helped or not. Uh, that's what I've heard. But that's that cu- sounds
1: like it's 99% of customer service. That's what I was
0: about to say. That's customer service as a whole. So, I mean, sometimes you also get a good customer service person who's been like literally just crapped on all day by mean people that's for no true. reason and then they get to you and even though you're being nice they're just like you know what no <laughs> you don't get anything from me because i've had a terrible day so. no name
1: change for you sir Bert's a lot <laughs> but hey brett yep. drop into that news good sir
0: i'm gonna drop into the news Saul. i'm gonna drop nope.
1: like just drop into the news i want to drop it like it's hot Saul. okay i thought you're gonna i thought you're gonna say a dirty joke
0: oh no i was gonna say a fortnight joke actually and then I was, I was gonna drop it like it's hot because snoop dogg's better than Fortnite, in my opinion um but Snoop Snoop Dogg's also more culturally, you know, impactful. I was gonna say not relevant. <laughs> no, culturally impactful over the decades. Right. Fortnite is too new to know of, of its impact on society as a whole. Right now, it's pretty impactful, but that could die really quickly. So yeah. anyway, first thing up is that we now have full technical information on how Detroit become human. It's Quantic Dreams' new game. It looks awesome. Uh, it comes out May twentieth, right? Something like that. Uh, month after more. Um, anyway, exactly the game bad. will run on base model PS4s and pro, modes, uh, pro models, thanks to an interview with the game's lead engine programmer. The game will run at full 1080p at 30 frames per second, no surprise there, on base model PS4s, while the Pro will be utilizing checkerboard rendering to achieve 2160p at the same frame rate, not surprising either. Uh, interestingly, though, on the Pro, the UI will be rendered in native 4K, good move, why not make the UI look as crisp as it can for, I mean, if it's laying over stuff. Uh, and some other effects like volumetric lighting, uh, will be rendered at higher resolutions on the pro than they are the base models. But both models will support HDR, which is no surprise again, because all PS4s support HDR. So, uh, next thing up is that for fans of telltale games, the walking dead series in particular, they've announced that the final season will be shown off for the first time during a panel at PAX East. Uh, And it's going to be this coming Friday that this episode airs. So that's April 6th and it'll be at 1230 PM Eastern time. So if you want to see that hop over there and check out, I'm fairly positive PAX does live streams of their panels like Sony does during their things, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I can't remember next thing up. And I think this one's funny. Doom's 4k patch, as they've called it uh, for the PS4 pro and Xbox one went live this week and actually runs at a dynamic 1440 P on pro. So not 4k, at all um uh, which is not surprising i mean i could have told you that game <laughs> what the 1440p yeah that's intentional no, the, the
1: fact that it's named the 4k patch
0: it's because originally the patch was uh, actually meant for xbox one x only uh that's what they announced it under and then during the release they also were like by the way the pro is going to get this patch uh, to bring it up to, you know, higher standards for pro, but they didn't say it was anything else. So, uh, but it's funny because it's not, it's dynamic 4k on Xbox one X, which we've talked about ad nauseum that Xbox kept saying that this is a true 4k, true 4k. And yes, it does hit that mark way more often than the PS4 does. Though the PS4 does hit some games at native 4k, most of them being remastered, but some of the sports games are automatic are native 4k. I think, uh, NBA was one of them. Um, so there's that. And, um, the sad part, though, about the Pro in specific uh, was even though it's doing dynamic 1440p, uh, there's been a lot of reports of frame drops and really loud fan noise for those who've downloaded the patch. So wow. if you have Doom and you care, I would say probably avoid the patch because it may need another patch to level it out more, uh, or it may not even get one. I'm not sure, uh, but people were saying it's the loudest that they've heard their Pro ever be. And like they, and there's That's plenty nuts. of loud games, trust me. I mean, oh, i yeah. played a few. Monster I love my Hunter, Pro. Yeah, Monster Hunter is loud on my Pro. Monster Hunter's about not about Pro on mine, but Horizon was.
1: No, see after about an hour on Monster Hunter on mine, it's it's jet engine.
0: Now I tell you what though, regardless of fan noise, the thing that I notice in this room, because this room's small, definitely during the summer when these windows here let a lot of sunlight in, the pro can get hot. Yeah, yeah, it can. Boy, it, it can pump can. some heat out. And it doesn't help that my TV's probably getting hot, but I can't even tell because the PlayStation's so damn hot. Yeah, your
1: T V screen is uh, maybe not with your new one since it's 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 a newer model, but my T V screen's dude. I tell you, that has to be like half the temperature in my room sometimes. Cool. While well, is not
0: on. I hate it. Uh, so there's God of War news. It's a little segmented up in here, but I'll throw them together just so uh, I can remember. One of them is that God of War has been confirmed... Uh, by director Corey Barlog on Twitter to include a performance mode for PS4 pro for users who do not have a 4k display. I don't know if you will get to choose performance mode or if it will automatically default to it. If you don't have a 4k, I assume that you'll be able to choose it, but I don't want to make any too strong of assumptions. Um, but this was when asked by a fan, if they needed to upgrade to a pro for the game, he replied, Nope, you don't have to, but if you do 4k is amazing. This is quoted by the way, if you have a 4k TV, of course, If you don't, we have a performance mode that puts the extra power to good use and makes the game run so, so smooth, end quote. When asked if, quote, so, so smooth, end quote, translated to 60 frames per second, he responded with a vague, quote, so, so smooth equals smooth, end quote.
1: This better means sixty frames per second. I'd I don't be know. So excited if it was. I don't know.
0: Um there's a couple of things though that are interesting about the game, but I know you don't know too much about it, so I'm gonna stay pretty radio silent on them for your sake. But the other piece of God of War news that I found to be really interesting, let me go find it real quick. Is Me and Ryan both have been trying to stay kind of radio silent. Oh yeah, I know he told me too. Uh, then the other piece is that in a recent discussion on the Lost Pages podcast, which is a podcast that developers do for the game, uh, lead level designer for the game. This is what I thought you would think would be really cool, because I thought it was. Uh, but lead level designer for the game, Luis Sanchez, talked about the game's world and its design. He talks about it being less of an open world and more of a big hub.
1: Yeah, and he even references Bloodborne. Yep. I have seen that. That's I knew that sick. that would excite you. So Yes for people who don't I like know that. he
0: cited Bloodborne as a huge inspiration for the game uh, saying that the game will feature similar level design and that the game will feature unlocking paths and shortcuts uh, shortcuts that loop back to previous areas of the hub I think that's a great idea oh, yeah, It's one of is. the best parts of the whole soul series things but Bloodborne I think of all the souls games I've played did it best well you know I mean Bloodborne had a weirdly cohesive feel
1: you know that uh like the new God of War game is basically Dark Souls Greek god times 10 plus the surge
0: <laughs> With a little bit of Saul, so, so you mean the surge, the the hit 2017 game that you love so much? Did that game come out in 2017? I'm fairly positive. That game was terrible. Uh, it may have been, yeah, 2017 because it came out while we had while we were doing the podcast.
1: <laughs> Lords of the Fallen was better than that game.
0: Lords of the Fallen was a was a fun game. I mean, no, it really was. I have a hard time. I, I can't tell you it's the greatest game ever. Was it wasn't. It was just a good game, and I enjoyed it. And I paid it. I bought it a launch for sixty dollars. I need on that it, game so. too.
1: I got the trophy where you uh, take no damage against the boss, and I thought that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now that that is passed, let me go back to where I was. Let me get rid of some of this stuff so I don't get lost. Saw needs you here with your other laptop, slowly deleting the news, that I, I- wish you didn't delete.
1: Yeah, I am waiting on a battery to get mailed oh. to you from the good old Amazon.
0: Well, another piece of news from Twitter comes from James Woods, the voice actor for Hercules in the Disney movies, or movie, and Kingdom Hearts games. I didn't know that it was the same voice actor, but now that it's said it, I'm like, that makes sense, because I always thought the Hades voicing in the M was like spot on. And like, don't wrong, there's a couple of good ones. The I Genie think, is pretty good Isn't in those Danny games? DeVito still... Uh, no, he is not. But it, Kingdom Hearts he's not? No, but it's pretty good, isn't it? It is. Yeah, see, and Genie, not. Genie's not Robin Williams, but it's a pretty good Genie. I knew that. Um, I, can, I can actually tell that. I, I tell can't tell his name. But it's not bad. Dan uh, anyway, he was recently asked why he's not been active on Twitter, and he responded by saying that he had been working on a new, quote, Kingdom of Hearts video game, which I love, because obviously he's an old dude who doesn't even play the games. He's like, oh, yeah, the Kingdom of Hearts games. Yeah. Um Anyway, so this obviously means that the English voice acting has begun, or has been going on for some time on Kingdom Hearts Three, which I think means that we very well may see a 2018 release. I don't know. Uh, nope. I don't know. But hey, dude, think about this. Now that he's back on Twitter, what if he? What if voice acting is done for the game? They can get this game out. Or by what the if end it just started. No, no! If it just started, yeah, it's probably going to push, push, push this year and be early next year. Uh, like like I've said, that worst case scenario, the intention will be to release this year, and they just won't hit it, and they'll move it to next year. Uh, I don't hope that happens. I say that. I don't know. Their, their plans very well may have changed considering Red Dead's move, uh, but maybe it, not because it, it's so totally different. It is, And yeah. it's really for JRPG fans, and I'm sure that the – okay, I, actually, I say that. I'm sure that the overlead between the two fans is, is probably big because there's so many people that like Rockstar Games, obviously, from – Yeah, because, I mean, I'd get both. But my point being is that most likely I would imagine that if it comes out with a, like a lot of time you know, after, which I, I would imagine it would be after Red Dead at this Excuse point. Me. If it came out after Red Dead, I mean, I would quit playing Red Dead, if I even if I was a fan of Red Dead, to play Kingdom Hearts. Because you're probably a pretty avid fan if you're going for Kingdom Hearts 3 at launch, to be dead yeah. honest.
1: I mean, I'd, I'd play through Kingdom Hearts <laughs> first and, and pretty much shelve Red Dead. And then
0: go back to Red Dead when you're done with Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and it makes sense, because I, I imagine that Red Dead will be a game, like I said before, I think that Red Dead's going to be a game that from launch is trying to be as big and active and as... A community friendly on the online side of things. I could be completely wrong. I do not know, but they, you know, there was all the, there was a rumor about it being a, having a battle royale style mode and stuff at launch, and obviously these are things that Grand Theft Auto slowly did. Um, so who knows? I mean, Grand Theft Auto Online seemed to really find its footing once the game re-released on PS4, Xbox One. It was yeah. already good before that, but the game started really blowing up then. So, oh yeah, uh, that one improved. Yeah. Next thing up, showing no signs of slowing down. Like we were talking about earlier, Capcom have shared details of the upcoming Spring Blossom Fest in Monster Hunter World. The event will run from April 6th to April 20th, and we'll see the Gathering Hub and Astera decorated, as long as you are online. That's really cool. Uh, That is cool. I know that you are a big fan of Destiny, whenever they actually decorate stuff. I loved it when they did that. I know you'd care about this. This part's really cool. Uh, Almost every event quest that has been in the game so far will be available again. Including Street yeah, Fighter. I knew, and, and, I
1: knew when people would say Horizon would yeah. never be a thing again. I was like, no, they're going to re release those yeah. eventually. So,
0: anyway, interesting nonetheless. I think it's cool that it's back. Um, but there is also new armor sets craftable by obtaining special materials that will be available during that window on certain quests. Um, New Palico armor, new Poogie costumes, which oh, is the good. best thing in the world. I have, I have all the Poogie costumes. uh New gestures and chat icons. Those two specifically will be available as paid DLC, and there's yeah, way say, more. Uh, so I don't want to go, you know, I don't, don't want to get your hopes up with, I don't want to get your hopes down that everything's paid for DLC. It's not only no, those two things. Yeah. And there's way more stuff going on that I just, I was like, these are the biggest hitting points. I'm not going to sit there and spew this whole thing out. Uh, next up life is strange. Uh, this is actually included specifically because of, uh, Sean Santa uh, rude, uh, cold. Yeah. You know, uh, his question, I think it was either last week or the week before, uh, about comic book series that we'd like to see games do. And there's been so many lately. That's what I think is, it's kind of hard because a lot of the games that you would think would be kind of cool have expanded in that way. But, uh, yeah, life is strange is receiving a comic series following the likes of bloodborne assassins, creed origins. I put Bloodborne on here twice for some reason. Apparently I really like bloodborne. Uh, and other games, no details about what time period the uh, the comic would cover were released or mentioned, but they did say, uh, they mentioned Arcadia Bay uh, and that you will be returning there, and they shared an image of Blackwell Academy, leading us to believe that that will be the primary setting. I assume that they're probably going to focus way more on the school than the other releases have. The other releases have always had it sprinkled in, uh, with it being a little less so sprinkled in, but still there in um, the uh, Before the Storm uh, story. Uh so I mean it, I imagine that this comic books probably going to take time and I know you didn't play Life is Strange, uh, but I imagine it's going to take time to talk to there's a lot of characters in that game that are fleshed out enough that you would I I know I wouldn't mind seeing more stuff about them if I was going to really pay attention to this mag this comic. I don't know that I will. I think I'm going to wait to see how things go out and how it's you know, what kind of animation it's given or not animation, but uh art style it's given. But that is that let me get rid of this one since i've already said that one next thing up is that developer hello games has announced a big update for no man's sky set to release this summer the update called next uh was not detailed outside of that aside from the devs saying uh it's their biggest update so far not surprising because they've said that on every update but i will say every update's been bigger than the last so good on them uh and that it will be quote Free to existing players, and will continue to support No Man's Sky in this way for the foreseeable future. End quote.
1: Way, good, what?
0: good move on them. Free for existing, basically meaning it's going to be free as long as you buy the game. The game is not free to play. You still have to buy the game. But if you buy the game, all he's basically saying, anybody who buys the game, once that initial cost barrier is hit, the game, every update that's ever given to the game okay, will be free. I
1: guess that makes sense. That's just the weirdest way Odd of saying Odd wording,
0: it. but what I took away from this is that they are still planning to release all updates for free for the foreseeable future. Because I was, I was thinking that once they got the game kind of working really well... And, and a big update that pulls, you know, they've already pulled a lot of people back and a lot of new people in. I thought that once they got that way, they would start trying to introduce paid content. Right, uh, but I think that I they are just trying the, so hard to get over that initial negative. That wound PR. wound is still
1: open there, and they they can't pour all that salt into.
0: It's been two years. Microtransactions. Uh, oh, it's a big wound. But speaking of two years, the game was also announced to be making its way to Xbox later this year, which is not surprising. But you know, we never even heard the the normal rumors in games like this that it was going to become an Xbox. It so, was
1: it was always, from what I knew, a, pl- a PlayStation PC, Four yeah.
0: uh, console exclusive. Right now, what this either means is that the contract with Sony is just over for some reason, or that it was it was always just a two-year exclusivity window, or that it was a one-year exclusivity window, but they didn't want to bring the game to Xbox until it was patched enough to where they thought it would be a good pull for them. Uh, it's it's going to be released physically, and the physical edition is being handled by 505 Games, so not even Xbox. Can you remember wow. the physical edition of the PlayStation 1 was handled by Sony? Right. So, interesting nonetheless. Uh, but, yeah, coming to Xbox... Don't get your hopes up for any kind of cross-platform play. I just know that, and that's assuming that this new, uh, the new, I have a lot of things. I feel like this update's going to be the real multiplayer now. This is, because he says that this is going to be the next step forward for No Man's Sky as a world. I hope so.
1: I still have it down, or I have it in my library. You know, obviously I can still download it. I
0: still have it just sitting right there on the show.
1: You know, and back when I went back to it like five months ago, I think.
0: Back whenever we recommended it to Shoko. Shoko, and He got it and platinumed it.
1: yeah. It's. I mean, it's a super chill game, but I really don't have time for those kind of games right now.
0: Man, me either, but the release schedule is so crazy this year. I don't know when I'm going to. That's what I'm thinking in between. The only th- the only time period right now I can think that I'd get to play it would be summer, so good on them for releasing yeah, it. Then. Yeah, I would think that mm-hmm. it would be a,
1: a window between like the second week of God of War coming out and the end of May for Detroit and Dark Souls, and then after like a month after those two games release, I think I would have to pretty much do it up until the next big release, which who knows at this point. What what else? I mean Red Dead, I guess. You made the camera go out of focus
0: just then, good sir. Leave this part for last, just in the news. Sure, I will. Um for the sake of having a good segue. You know, I love segways. I do too. You know, the old weird two-wheel things. I can timestamp
1: nope, time it all together and make it real nice for people who like to click on the timestamps in the description.
0: Okay, next thing is that THQ Nordic, those crazy freaking people, i tell you, uh, are reviving another last-gen THQ property with Red Faction Guerrilla and continuing their trend of really bad ways of working in the word remastered or some kind of clever pun on play on words. It's the re-Mars-turd edition because the game takes place on Mars. Do you remember Darksiders 2 was the definitive edition? And then the War Mastered for Dark Souls 1? I mean, Dark Darksiders 1. Oh my god, there's a lot of news this news week. was good this week, man. Uh, Sorry, I was thirsty. Uh, the game, known for its fully destructible gameplay without the power of the cloud... <laughs> it's set to release q2 this year that's really soon with reworked graphics heavily reworked textures improved shadows and lighting and native 4k support though they did not specify if that's going to be platform specific like the xbox one x will have native 4k while the ps4 pro does not who knows it's not really the game came out in like 08 or 09 it would not surprise me if it was native 4k on both consoles right Yeah. I,
1: I would hope so i like imagine so old
0: uh but uh, the other thing is that recent remasters from that publisher, I mean, uh, War Mastered Edition for Darksiders was like 20 at launch. I think Darksiders 2 at launch was 40 So, I mean, like, they have been doing consistently well-priced remasters for the time periods of which the game came out. And they handle them pretty well. They get a good enough bump in things that I feel like it's worth buying them again at the price that they're giving them at. So I'd expect something around $30 to $20 for this game. Just depends. With them saying heavily we worked graphics and textures, who knows? I mean... Could be anything, but I'm expecting no more than thirty dollars. Okay. Uh, next thing up, Rocket League continues to be thoroughly supported with the devs announcing the tournaments update coming April third. The update will add tournament mode, obviously, uh, but also the Samurai Battle Car, new garage options, extended team modifications, and a host of quality of life improvements that are too minute to want to go into specifically on here. Uh, next thing, and I thought this one was interesting because I've still not played this game, even though it's the first game in my list. I just keep I don't know it's in my backlog and I can't keep getting to it but 2016 stealth game origami uh is getting its first expansion this year nightfall is what it's called it takes place before the start of the original game and builds up the events that led to the awakening that happens in the original game story the expansion launches in may though no pricing has been discussed as of yet that i've seen
1: game looks super cool i dig dara style
0: the game looked really awesome, and it really kind of pulls a lot of Tenchu vibes for me, and I love Tenchu. Yeah, I just really need to get to that game. I, I think it looks awesome, and that's why I bought the limited edition physical edition that they did. And I've not uh, got around to it yet, sadly. Uh, good news for PSVR is that it's receiving a permanent price drop. The headset can now be bought for three hundred dollars, including the Doom VFR bundle uh, at that same price, and the Skyrim VR bundle is also coming down a hundred dollars permanently to three hundred fifty dollars. Um, Gran Turismo recent update adds new cars events and thankfully VR time trials because the VR stuff was very limited at first. So the more it it looks like updates are going to start trying to do a little more with VR. That's cool. I know uh, Ryan was talking about being excited about that. One of the more interesting things that I found in news was that Outlast 2 released a new update that adds story mode, which is something that a lot of games have been doing recently. I think, uh, was it evil within two that did it recently?
1: I they released a first-person mode.
0: No, I think they released a. It, I may be wrong. I know that Horizon and another game, uh, some recent games, have made a mode to where you can go through the entire game without having to worry about enemies. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, one of them, it made the a mode for the game for people that just want to play through and see the world. What a weird like.
1: I understand it, but like that's such a weird like. Assassin's Creed
0: Origins went even a step above that. It was a touring mode where no, there was yeah. a tour guide and all this stuff. It was really interesting.
1: It's such a, it's, I wonder who had that idea though. Like, let's take all the enemies out just so people can explain or experience the story. I think and not in really play effort, the game.
0: I think in an effort to get as many cells as possible because you're getting people who may not play the game because they're, they're worried that it's gonna be too hard for them to play the game because now they can play the experience and have fun in it. Definitely in the game like Horizon, yeah. that may be too complicated. Like, there's a guy I work with who's uh, you know he plays games, and he likes games, but he's not. He's a little slower on picking up things like that, so he always plays games on easy hey, no, no qualm to him, he gets to play his games. Right. But games like Horizon that are even on easy are just, they're very complex, there's a lot going on in terms of, if, depending on who you are, if you're a real seasons gamer and you've been doing this stuff all the time and you don't have any learning disabilities, I, I mean, I get that sometimes it's easier, but there's things like, you know, some people have cut down reflex times, so these are things that let them yeah. experience a the game and enjoy it uh, while not being hindered by the fact that the game is a little too active It's just, I,
1: I wonder who had that idea.
0: Like first. I think it's a great idea. It's a, it's a, uh, it's definitely a, a, if nothing else, a I thought mean,
1: process that I'm intrigued by.
0: Yeah. I mean, I really do think that probably somebody, maybe even a developer, has a kid who couldn't quite do something. Or maybe even a wife or something simple like that. To so where they're like, well, I'd like to play the game, but I'm just not very good. And like, they're like, well, what if we made a mode where you can just do that? So who knows? Not sure. Um, but Outlast 2 has added that. Uh, And they've also, in this update, reinserted cut content that was originally removed from the game in order for the game to hit its mature rating instead of an adult-only rating. So I was talking to Saul about this like real quick before we started recording, that I think this is wild. And I I heard somebody mention, or I saw somebody mention on one of the boards that the reason that this can happen is, and I don't know if this is true, and I'm going to look more into this, because this was something I found right before we started recording, is that uh, once a game is rated patches cannot be rated by the ESRB and that does make sense to an extent but like one of the things game. one of the things that Saul was talking about though that is a good argument against that idea is that if a game is rated and it and it's rated T without violence at all or whatever it be or rated E for everyone without violence and then they come back later and patch in tons of blood and gore and then this would never happen. But my point being, if it ever happened,
1: yeah, like can they go back and re- can they
0: go back and patch that? I mean, your obvious thing was like, well, if they're making you a have game to that's everybody, Why would they want to change that? Because they're you- obviously trying to target a big audience. But let's just say in a hypothetical world, somebody makes a game like Crash Bandicoot, and then they make it later. You jump on a crab, and it cracks its skull. It cracks its like shell open, and blood flies everywhere, and you see a skeleton. Like
1: it's curious because like, would you have to recall all current physical copies on shelves at that point and have them reprint the case?
0: And then what do you do for existing sales? Tell people not to patch them or send, I don't
1: know. No, like I think those would be pretty much stuck. And I, I don't know. You get grandfathered in basically. It's weird. Like it's a weird like thought process.
0: I think that's crazy. They said that the things that they removed and are adding back in are not that crazy to them, and they don't think it'll change the game but in any it, it kind was of gonna, meaningful way, but it, it was, was going
1: to move the tier of M to AO, which is nuts. I don't know, man. Have you? I don't think I've ever seen an AO game besides oh, like Leisure Suit. Yeah, they exist. They're, no, no, I yeah. They're, they're
0: super uncommon because most people don't buy them. Well, it is it how is do you market them?
1: I, I don't think you could put them on store shelves is what it is. I think you're right. But
0: I don't know for sure, so yeah, don't quote us on that. Um, yeah, don't yeah, don't quote us on that. That's just, I think. Yeah, That's probably the craziest piece of news. Uh, Saul, getting to your Far Cry 3 question you had, Far Cry 3 Classic Edition is what it's called, will be released June 26th for everyone. Why so far out? Two reasons. One will be that people who hold the season pass for Far Cry 5 get it four weeks earlier on May 29th. What? what that's still far out. <laughs> and you get the game for free because it's part of the season pass. Um the other thing that's interesting is that the game will not have multiplayer at all, even though the original release did. I'm actually happy about that. I don't think it needs it. I hope that the trophies are intact, and or I say that the most of the trophies are intact or rethought out to where it makes sense for me to get the Platinum. Without having to do the multiplayer, that's like an enticing thing for me because I hate the multiplayers in these games, uh. At least the real multiplayer. that's trying to do like the Tomb Raider multiplayer. It's like, why are you trying to make Call of Duty multiplayer in this game? I know that was a fan. Did you play arcade? The arcade version? Nope, not multiplayer on arcade. Oh, dude, it's it's interesting. I do, I didn't like it in four. I don't like the online, and I don't. I think multiplayer is stupid in this game, personally. But I mean, I'm not saying that they it, should just remove it. But I'm glad it's not interesting. in this. But one other thing that's interesting is that classic edition will not be. A, a remaster it will not be brought up apparently it is a straight port so is it going to be 720p Mo- or 900p i guess is now what here's, it be. here's what i really think it is i'm pretty sure because of architecture what makes the most sense in my opinion i think that the easiest way for them to do it would just not to improve it anymore just release the pc version that came out originally and basically port the pc version to console I don't yeah, know. I'm not don't, too, I mean, I well really I have no clue on that, but they that. did. They were very clear that it's not a remastered. It will just be a straight port. I just can't imagine them porting the PS3 or 360 version up. I think it would make more sense and be quicker for them to port the PC version over, but I could be dead wrong on that. Um, so interesting. Nonetheless, it will not have any kind of improved thing, but that's kind of cool, though. One of my favorite things about three is actually that thick black outstroke line that they had on everything. Uh, on consoles, it was more pronounced. On PC, it was less because of resolution changes. Almost like changes. a, a cell shaded lawn. Yes, but on the outside of normal looking, really like at least at the time, normal looking, really pretty, but very colorful art. So it had like a cell shaded Borderlands border. outline on yeah. everything, but the insides were not like that at all. There were there weren't strokes on everything. It was. I the don't know.
1: Game did that, and you could actually remove it. Oh, League of Legends. Oh, interesting. I was like there's a game that you can have a border on your character.
0: I don't know. I think that's a really cool thing, though. I love the way that game looks because of that. And even though Far Cry 4 had a similar feel and style and all that, and it went way more realistic and took that border off of everything, it looks good. Far Cry 5 looks good, but that thick style gave it such a weird stylistic pull. And, you know, Far Cry 3 was where the series really found its footing and got successful. Far Cry 2 was a good game, and it was successful enough for them to, you know, greenlight Far Cry 3. But Far Cry 3 is the probably crowning achievement of where the game got – it's like – For Call of Duty, Modern Warfare was its big game. Three was that for Far Cry, at least as the closest I can think. Uh, Two more things. One of them is Wipeout Omega's Collection's free PSVR update released this uh, last week. That was one that was mentioned in the news. They said it was going to be very soon. It was very soon indeed. Uh, Digital Foundry, I thought this was just interesting, called it the Zero Compromise Port, taking care and moving the Wipeout experience over to virtual reality from the flat screen. They go in-depth in that. If you like Digital Foundry and you want Foundry and you want to see how the game runs in VR and what they did uh, in certain areas, I think it's a cool watch. I really enjoyed watching it. So, I'd say go and find that. The last thing is, boy, the game I love so much that I still hit myself for not paying attention to the fact that it was at PSX, Lost Soul Aside, the JRPG that was originally developed by one man and gained the support of Sony and got given a whole team uh, built around it, is targeting 60 frames per second on both PS4 Pro and base PS4. That's not going to happen on the PS4. I don't think so either, but I mean it's going to be hard for it to have on the Pro either. But It's a beautiful looking game so far. Right? So i mean, like it's That's going to
1: be a technical achievement there. Like I'm really surprised God of War is hitting It's it. unreal, you know. I mean
0: yeah. Well, God of War may not be hitting 60, we don't know. Well, it, but we'll uh, see. It, we'll it, see. Yeah, no, like no. I mean smooth. Some people are the like 30 s- ain't... Some people were like so a consistent 30. <laughs> Boy, shots fired. Um, But anyway. uh, Move
1: on to them PS Plus games for the month of April. Doing
0: that to, uh, well, there's one more thing I thought was cool about this. They showed a recent gameplay because GDC was going down. They showed a recent gameplay thing that was the same demo from PSX, but they also had a little bit more for GDC. Uh, The combat system incorporates frame-specific attacks. And he did this because he likes fighting games and he wanted to find a way to make the combo system more in depth. And he did so by having you actually do certain attacks that happen during a frame,
1: so that's really interesting. I think,
0: dude. Like, and you see it in the video. I'll show you the video after this. It's awesome. I will link it in the description too because I think I just I want to sing the praise of this game because it looks so cool and it's like it right great. up my alley. I just Hope it's gonna be great. Oh man, I hope so too. Yeah, it, you it know, being it's gonna be three hours long. It's, it's Unreal Four. You know, bad. it won't be that. It means it, 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 it's a RPG, man. If nothing else, it'll be an extremely fluffed, fluffed up twenty hours. You know, <laughs> but
1: Dragon Ball, um, Dragon Ball's Z. What was the What was the Kid Goku game on? Or the the Goku game on? Called.
0: oh yeah um, oh lord why'd you have to say that it's not Boo's Fury Boo's Fury I was, going, was nope. the uh, but Legacy of Goku was the original Legacy of Goku. it was Legacy Goku Legacy that, of Goku that, 2 that. and then Boo's Fury was the third in that series you can be that game in like an hour yeah you can those games are fun though I want to see uh, a game that's that style brought up but that's like somebody asked me about my ideal Dragon Ball Z game I was like just the idea behind those where it's open free world
1: roaming, yeah. free
0: world where you play as one of the characters and you just go and fly around and I thought like, that'd be awesome to me but speaking, like fully realized in 3D
1: speaking of beating a game real quickly did you beat uh, did you do Far Cry 5 secret ending thing? I did
0: not I actually was talking to Randy about this the other day RJ Loki shout out um, I am a little disappointed that it's in this game, only because it was so unique and weird and novel in Far Cry Four.
1: Uh, no, I think it's fun. I think it's, that, it but it, become it, but a, it, it, it loses become a series
0: niche in a way. It, it will Don't basically is what I. You know, anyway, that, it will become one. That's what this is basically telling me. But it was more novel and unique in Far Cry Four than it is in this one, just by nature. You mean three? No, four. Was it four? That four was the first the, one that had it. You could uh, yeah, wontons. You just you just wait in his area. Yeah. And and eventually and he you'll and get go you out. those
1: cheese wontons or whatever they were. Or, or ragoons. No, it's the crab ragoons.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Because uh, I love me some
0: crab <laughs> ragoons, and I, that resonated with my soul. But uh, <laughs> the last piece of news, which is a segue from Mr. Saul here, is that the PlayStation Plus games for April have been announced and are as follows. PS4 will get Mad Max and Trackmania Turbo. PS3 will get In Space We Brawl, which is also cross-buy compatible with PS4. Uh, Toy Home is the other PS3 game. And then the two Vita games are 99 Vitas, which is V-I-D-A-S. Uh, and that is a PS Vita with PS3 and PS4 cross-buy. And then Cubert rebooted, which is also PS3, PS4 cross-buy. So PS4 gets four games or five games this time around. That's crazy. By nature. See, look, In Space We Brawl. Oh, yeah, weird. So anyway, yep, that's that. Saul, what you want to talk about with that?
1: So uh, for all those that, that, that know, if you check down the link in the description below, we have our PS Plus Pals Discord link. It's merely a channel on our actual Discord server. And if you head over to that, you could chat with us about a couple things, you know. We always have the general discussion. We have the podcast open discussion. Get that out of here. We have the podcast open discussion. That's where we talk about things that we talked about during the podcast with people who have questions, answers. And then we have a Bloodborne spoiler um, cast, which I think we're going to close soon because that was mainly for PS Plus.
0: Yeah, we'll open a new one and close a new one within, you know. But we, uh, we pretty much
1: have a PS Plus game that we play with along. And every month, this was our first one. It was Bloodborne. I would think this is fairly really successful almost every day there's a message in there it was a little bit slower than our general channel but it still had enough oomph in it that it was fun
0: i will i will clearly admit right now that i didn't feel the urgency to go about playing it because i'd already played it and there was enough going on with me this month and now that's over i'm doing great i'm so a couple people have reached out and, and wished me well and i very much appreciate that um but now that all my crap's cleared over i chose to, and the one day I tried playing Bloodborne, <laughs> and it gave me hell and wouldn't load. Uh, you remember how you guys at least come up that time? Yeah. I have tried doing it a couple times. Couldn't, I can't get the game to load to even the it's start screen. It's your disc. I assume it is, and I never went. I mean, I bought the game digitally, but I never went back and installed it. So I did not play this month. I did not participate. I am sorry for that. I never I really intended up my, to. My fifth or sixth speed uh, run, but I sub, regardless. Whatever wins this month, I will play. I guarantee you, and I'm sorry well, that a I good, didn't get to that's that a last That's a
1: good one. thing that uh, that you said that, because out of the games that we had on the poll this week, we had a total of 16 votes, and Mad Max won. So, we will all be chatting and discussing in our PS Plus Discord, Mad Max.
0: And I'm cool with and- that. I actually have been wanting to play it just to see, because I've heard very mixed things about it, but most of them are, at the bare minimum, it's a good game, but it could have been way better. Uh, there's some people that think it was a great game. So I well, like the idea of transplanting the, I don't I don't know if it's successful, but transplant transplanting that Batman Arkham style combo thing to be the ground combo style. And then are the ground combat style. And then you take the car combat in between. I think it, the on paper, the idea sounds cool. Yeah. Now, whether that execution is done well, I heard it's really knows, fun. But.
1: Um, but yeah, so head on over to our Discord, join that channel if you want, and uh, have fun talking about yeah. Mad Max with us,
0: and participate in next month's. If you start doing this, or you know, whatever, if it's a month where some jump one of the in games. and
1: vote on what you want to
0: play. The idea behind this was that we all it will all force us to play games that we may or may not have played. So I I, I encourage, obviously I can't force, uh, but I encourage everyone who plays, even if the game that you did not vote for wins, try and play it because th- that's the idea for me regardless of whether i think that the game would be fun for me to play or that i even wanted it to win if it wins i'm gonna go out of my way to play it that yeah. way i'm forcing myself to play games luckily this month are two games i've never played so i was like hey no matter what this is a game i haven't played uh mad max i've been interested in i've not even heard of track mania turbo but after me and ryan talked about it a little bit i was like that sounds cool to me uh and then the other ones i mean if Cubert would have won i would have played the hell out of Cubert because i just i've never played Cubert.
1: Yeah. I like the idea of of I would have played any one of them. I was hoping Trackmania would want, won would have won. I like racing
0: it. games, to be fair. I'm I'm going to play it too, I know, but uh Mad Max is cool, so I'm actually excited to start that. And I think that Mad Max is totally different enough from Far Cry that it won't I won't get open world fatigue from it. I personally yeah. don't think I will, so.
1: I'm hoping not. Um but now this is the part of the show where we jump into reader mail before our last topic. And uh, we had somebody ask us a question about why do we limit reader mail to three questions. Now, I just wanted to get it out of the way real quick that sometimes we get seven. Sometimes we get 12. Sometimes we get, you know, we get a lot. Sometimes we get three or four, but but sometimes we get an inconsistent and averagely higher number of reader mail questions. And just for the flow of the show, I always thought that three would be a great number to pick. It's not exactly for time constraints. It's, I mean, it's just to help the flow of the show. In the past, we had people specifically say that an hour to hour and a half was their sweet spot. And they are some of the people that was, have been with us since the beginning. And I, and you know, we took it in stride that, hey, you know, they've been here with the beginning and this is what they want. And this actually fits into something that works for us too. So we've kind of stuck with that.
0: Yeah. And I want to expand on that a little bit. I mean, obviously this show is, I mean, it's our show. Obviously we're the ones who do it. Right. Uh, but this show is very much in a, it's, it's our attempt to find the right balance. Me and Saul do this every week. We're talking to each other. We're getting, we're trying to keep up with what we're doing. Uh, so we don't, and I don't go back personally. Saul does to an extent. I do not go back personally and listen to them. I just do not have the time in the that. week to want to, and I say that I don't have the time in the week to want to give to that. I feel like that's a waste of my time when there's other things I would enjoy doing, like the custom case art or ways like we're, we're one of the biggest things we've been talking about with our one year is our roadmap forward, which me and Saul are going to get together and have a full, you know, understanding with each other, of what our roadmap forward is. And we're going to be talking about that very soon. Uh, So keep and look out for that. I think we're either going to incorporate it in our next episode or we're going to give it its own bonus episode. We will do whichever uh, feels most natural with the amount of information and the best way to explain that information. But this is a show that's ever changing. There are things that we will do that sometimes will change that we will do in an attempt to keep a good flow or an attempt to keep the episodes fun and the topics fun. Um But we need feedback as often as possible. If it's constructive criticism, that's great. I mean, we don't have to agree with everything you say. Sometimes what you say will be very, I mean, sometimes it'll be spot on and it'll be things that we need to hear that we can learn from. Um, but at the end of the day we just we we want as much opinions as we can so that we can continue to try and mold this show somewhere greatly in between what we want to do and what y'all want us to do right uh, and that's what we aim for so nothing that we do is in an attempt to there's been the occasional times where me and Sol have mentioned that we've got stuff that's going on on the weekends some of that comes and from it, the fact that we want to record that's how that rolls. Yeah, we want to record as close to Monday as possible when we're releasing so we don't miss very much news we inevitably do miss some news and, and, and sweet spots and I'm like ah I just wish that we could have gotten that uh, while it was still fresh. But oh well, uh, that stuff happened. So continue to give us your feedback. We appreciate it and we want to continue to watch this show grow. That growth does mean that sometimes I will not spend time. It's about scoping things in a way that we have time to accurately give to the other content that we're wanting to start doing. One of those things is we're going to do way more impressions. Uh, episodes, but we'll get About more into what those are this year. Just off the top of our heads, uh, we'll get into what those are in the roadmap. So tune in for that. Yeah. But Saul, let's go ahead and hop into the reader mail for now.
1: Sure. So jumping on with the PS Plus talk, we have Tim, uh or ex Timma on um, Twitter. He says or she says, Asian region April PS Plus does not have anything for PS Vita. One year sooner than North America and Europe. Is it safe to assume that the new portable console will be unveiled before PS Five? Oh man, you're hoping. Ugh. You're hoping. I am too, but it's it's realistically See, it's
0: straw. It's a you're grasping for straws, but I'm right there beside you, grasping yeah. in the shadows. Um, I say I want I want a PS. Like, it's it's interesting because burrito. specifically Asian region is where the Vita is the most popular. Yeah, I mean so specifically Japan. Now it depends on what. What does Asia in in terms of PSN regions? What does Asia cover? I mean, is that all of like the? Is that some of the Eurasia part, or is it just like just India Asia. and China and Japan? Uh, I mean, these are things are, are Philippines, you know, things like that. I'm not exactly sure what that covers, uh, but it's interesting to me that in my mind, I feel like Japan maybe Japan's its own region, considering that that is PlayStation's home market. I thought not thought all about
1: continental that. Based.
0: I don't think so. Maybe it is because I, I think Cal. I mean, I think uh, Canada gets the same as North America. So you're probably oh, do right.
1: I, I was gonna say, okay, yeah, then I, I, that's what I would think. So, but I mean, if I so, want one, I want a handheld so bad.
0: I do too, I boy. Would
1: play it if it was well supported and it had if it was if it was current tech. That's what I'm worried about. Is that if Sony is to announce a handheld, it has to be current tech. It has to be well supported, and it has to be you know, feasible for me to dish out 300 to 350 to 250 to, you know, that amount of money to put, to pay. And I, and I have to have a, a good, just a good ease of heart to know that it's going to last me a while.
0: And there's things they could do very early announcement that we've talked about in the past. One of those things is coming out from the get go with the same. And I think this is one of the things that switch did that knocked it out of the park is support for SD cards. Sony has got to just relax off the idea of their own proprietary. And now there's multiple reasons. I'm sure it really came to a business decision. If no one else is making the cards, people have to buy them from you. You're making all the income from the cards but that leads to higher costs because they're only usable on one thing. The production means they're only controlled by you, so price isn't driven down. And then the other thing is is that people talk often about the fact that the memory cards are made and encrypted in their own way to where it's very hard to hack the system. And while the the system took way longer to hack, it did eventually get hacked, but it did not or has not as of yet gotten hacked to where you can play um, retail games on it without authorization. So the upside is, is that Sony's they're so worried so about many, that more be, than
1: anybody else, though, which is crazy. The,
0: because the PSP was rampant. No, I know. I mean, but it's rampant. Just, it's, because it's, here's it's, the thing. DS gets it, too, but DS had a higher attach rate than no, PSP. No, I was going to say,
1: I guarantee you DS is up there with PSP. You had to buy a, car, to buy a specific game, and that's it. And you could hack that game. Oh, yeah, and, no, and, I, and,
0: I get what you're saying. But the thing is, is that it's all about attach rates. Publishers were shying away from the PSP at one point because they were unsure if releasing the game on there was going to be worth it because people weren't buying the game. Even if a lot of people... Are downloading the game illegally and playing it as long as there's a, a healthy amount of people who are supporting the game up front. Great PSP, it was so easy to dump a game that day of release or even sometimes before you could have, have the, the game and be playing it yeah. on launch. And I mean, only all it took was one person getting it, copying the dumping the UMD contents over and making a so it
1: was Pandora's battery on PSP. What was it on on 3DS or DS?
0: Do you remember? You had to have a it was, the weird card thing that you yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It was even easier on PSP and to an extent. No, you and had it, to buy a special was, battery. No, you didn't. You, you made a Pandora battery. Oh, I thought you had to buy them off eBay. Nope. You, oh. I made mine. Like I told you, I did this. Oh. <laughs> you made I had to make Scumbag. mine. Scumbag. But yeah. Hey, uh, I was, but I was on, poor. Back on the general <laughs> question, though. Uh, I definitely want one. We'll see if... I that, don't... I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be announced before PS5 if I anything don't I, I don't know man. I don't think that they would do <sighs> Okay, you know how you nope. know we have this timeline in my mind that I keep talking about where I think it's realistically early 2019 announcement for PS5 and then oh. late 2019 release or at nope. the worst case scenario a 2019 late reveal for PS4 I mean for PS5 and then an early 2020 release regardless of how it's handled We're saying in the next two years, somewhere in this next two years, we're going to get a PS5, at least an announcement, right? I, where in that window, I don't see them putting the announcement beside the PS5. They could. They could, I just don't see them doing it.
1: This handheld comes out six months prior or six months after release. I'm going to assume six months prior would be the thing to go with. they're going to intrinsically
0: be more connected it would make more sense for them to release it at least in my idea imagine like what they've traditionally done with their handhelds i think that it would make more sense for them to announce it and release it beside ps5 so they can be fully integrated with ps5 i mean
1: imagine imagine uh them releasing you know this is the new psv i don't know something the new handheld and it comes out six months prior to ps5 you may be asking yourselves like why do you want this oh well here's what you do is you load up the brand new Killzone game that is coming out on the same day of launch and you play it and then you have all your multiplayer stats and it's hardcore esports multiplayer and then the second it comes out on the ps5 you just download your profile and it's all there too you just seamlessly jump into your profile
0: see but this is where you start doing this weird straddle no nope, i do not Do not want the game to be i mean i don't want the handheld to be i don't want it to be <laughs> I want. It's, it to gonna be- be- it's gonna be its own topic. No, uh, yeah, that's all we need
1: to get back on. <laughs> but
0: my point being is, I don't the want the flow. handheld to be a switch. I just don't. The switch is a switch. system full of compromise. That's all I see the switch as, and it bothers me.
1: I don't know what you mean by compromise.
0: The- I mean everything about the switch. It's got bad battery life on most games. Doesn't. On most- I don't know who like. I had a switch. Saw. So I played the switch. Saw. So I know that uh, it has bad battery life because I've played it. It does not have. Like, I can play my four hidden? hours
1: of Breath of the Wild is amazing. Life four, in
0: four hours, my ass. That thing never got over two and a half. I for always, me. I always never. got four
1: hours plus. And the fact never. that I just drop it in its dock when I go to bed or whatever, and it's fully charged. Not And
0: I did that too. But my point being, I never got that long out of it. I always sat on the couch and played. When football, I played like my Switch, hours. when I played my Switch on the plane, the Switch was already like somewhat dying in the hour and a half I played Zelda. Uh you had a you had a, a rampant switch there. You had a Pandora battery in that thing. <laughs> I mean, I know other people's switches that know it's got bad battery life. Anytime, any time it's not that hairy. Any man. game that pushes it that hard, like Zelda and now, a few got other warm, games. For sure. Oh, but it, it just did not have the battery life to support it. When I can play games that are pretty technically impressive on my PS Vita, they're impressive to the hardware at the time. That I mean I can still definitely the slim The Slim, I can play my Vita for like six to seven hours. the Slim
1: does have really good battery left. The original, I can still play
0: for about five to six hours on every game, and that's not what I see on the Switch. The other thing is I don't want the system being huge to try and fit these two things. I want something that's got the best tech it can be for a handheld, not trying to straddle between this. I want to be good for a handheld and then also somewhat okay for a console since we're trying to blur this line. I just, I don't know. I don't like
1: that. Um, But, I mean, yeah, I hope it gets released, though. John Senator comes in saying, do you guys find websites give away secrets and spoilers about games too soon after their release? I already seeing loads of Far Cry 5, including a certain type of cool gun, which I won't spoil. I, I still, know what gun he's talking about now because
0: I've been in the game, and we were talking about it with RJ yesterday. Or it may, I think it was actually Boss Rocks. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I get that. What's worse is YouTube thumbnails. Do not put a
1: spoiler in a YouTube thumbnail. People do it all the time and they do it all the time i do not care like you know you know you are instantly not going to get my view if if i see a spoiler in the thumbnail and i have seen it a hundred times over i've seen it twice with far cry now and i'm glad it's with stuff that's obviously predictable about the story but it is ridiculous like don't be that person if you are that person you are not a good person But yeah, YouTube is terrible with that. Reddit is kind of bad about it. Most people are nice enough to use spoiler tags and some people are just dumb enough not to.
0: Sometimes Uh, it's weird. And you find this weird line. Like, you know, we talk about we do our impressions and we always have our clear spoiler. Halfway, yeah. Uh, And that's because to an extent, I know that I am one of those people that sometimes when I watch impressions or read reviews, I do it post-mortem of the game. So I'll play the game, I'll beat the game, and then I'll just kind of look at what other people's thoughts were because I generally am just interested in hearing like definitely there's games that I've loved and then hearing other people's like wow, they didn't really feel the same. And sometimes I'm okay with it cuz they're, you know, they're respectful about hey, it just wasn't a game for me. This isn't my this isn't my thing.
1: This is main topic territory, my boy.
0: But I guess yeah. Uh, but my point <laughs> being is that when it does that kind of thing, it's like you straddle some weird stuff and I get that yeah, people come to you for things, but secrets and spoilers always need to be very very clearly marked and a lot of times what he's talking about these are things that are not. No. They are things that are just thrown out there people and i know that cool. all people do it to an extent there's been times i've accidentally said things about a horizon because it's been so long since you've played it and it, it was so i think
1: six months is is perfect territory i think that after a but even then six months,
0: biggest plot points need to be even then you need to be spoiler alert No, no yeah no
1: that's true but i'm just saying like in that detail on an open podcast like this
0: yeah sure sure there's um now that it's now that it's there, so, I want to tell you what do you guys think. This is from Mr. Richard Rivero. What do you guys think about the about Sony selling their PlayStation IPs to Walgreens for Doritos, Locos Taco, and Chuck E. Cheese quarter? What What are your thoughts on that?
1: I got back my Shrewd Buck and I cashed it in for a Stanley nickel. Ah, <laughs> uh, that our last <laughs> question of the night. Our last that series. was our April Fool's question. So. Yeah, it's a great the one. Shout Thank out, you, Richard Revere. I, like, we yes.
0: I was waiting because I was hoping that we would get to reader mail after it was 12 o'clock here so it would actually be April Fool's for us. 12.22 a.m.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have Mark Schultz. He says with Far Cry 5 having colorblind mode as an option, should this be something more developers think about including? I love this question. I think yeah, I think it is a common feature nowadays in in option menus. It's
0: it's in some. There are a lot of games that I feel like are way too big and market to too big of a group to not, not include have it, yeah. at the base. Now I would say like you it's know such, it's like
1: disability. I don't want to call it like is, is it is, It's a disability?
0: I mean you like, have you're colorblind. You can't control it. I mean it just happens. No, I don't. Some I people are born that if, way. Sometimes that happens. I didn't know so. if
1: that, that was the I mean, Correct, or
0: even, you know, I, or, I don't think that it would be at least wrong to call it a disability. Insulting. I don't want to be. Yeah, insulting I don't, I, exactly. I don't think it's insulting by any means. I think that though, that obviously there's a big part of the, of the population that are colorblind, some that know it and some that don't. Uh, and then, so you, it's good for accessibility's sake for you to get to see this, but sometimes accessibility is hard to reach, but with something as simple as this, yeah, I think changing it's the shade of a couple things. I, I think know, it's smart.
1: I know I've never made a game before that. That can't be super ridiculously difficult. I would imagine not either. Cause I mean, it's, it technically call it of duty, becomes a filter, right? Yeah, I'll say I call mean, of duty. Basically like they have had it in every game since. I can remember now.
0: See, smart on Call of Duty, right? Huge game. People are going to buy that game, right? Yeah. Make the game accessible to if you're, if it's a game that's that big. I just don't understand why it doesn't and, and exist. Honestly, yet. Um, I, I'll say this: every every console exclusive should have it.
1: I play every Call of Duty game with colorblind mode on, like not the newest ones because I haven't really thought about it. But back in like Modern Warfare three,
0: are you colorblind? No, I was just curious. No,
1: but it was it was one of those things that. It actually made it easier to see things. Like, it was mainly the...
0: uh so maybe you are like mildly the, colorblind.
1: The triangle, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> Having a little Miss Sunshine moment here. But, um, like, the little triangles on the mini-map and stuff, it's like, it, it went from green to red, I think, or green to blue. And it was just like, it's much more pleasing. It's much more, It's much more. it pops out to me more than that color. The I got color you.
0: That. Yeah, I think that's a great question, though. And I think that that falls into the same realm. And, I, and one's harder to do, to an extent. I I think so, but on a game development side, maybe not. It falls into the same realm of that story mode option where you you add a mode in for people to just run through and experience the game. Again, it all falls under accessibility, right? Now, one is a disability that people cannot control. And the story mode falls into some people that just don't want to give the time to that, don't want to give time to gaming and just want to do this. Sometimes it may act as an entrance point for some people where they're not good at games, but this game is the one that draws them into wanting to start playing games to be right. better. And the other is for people that may have slight disabilities with reaction times and things like that to where things happen to them and then in the post of that, they can't do the same thing. Like I think if nothing else, imagine being a hardcore gamer and for some reason your reaction time gets messed up due to a car accident or something happening like you get, you know, say you're a soldier coming back and not being able to do your main hobby because of some arbitrary limitation. It's so nice that a few developers even think of like, what if people just want to still experience this medium, but they can't do it the same way they used to be. Yeah,
1: and something I love seeing is that like I've seen posts on Reddit and Twitter of people who have a disability with their hand in some way. Maybe it's malformed or. Anything and the like custom that. controllers, and then the company will make them a custom controller. That's so
0: cool too, man. So
1: it is definitely uh, super wholesome to see.
0: See, it's always the idea of where there's a will, there's a way. People are going to find a way. I guarantee there's people yeah. that are colorblind blind that are playing these games anyway. They're just doing what they oh, can. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever seen the people who the kids that are born without arms that have the little nubs and they're playing the hell out of the games? I think that's so awesome man. to me.
1: I, I, you knew him, but I, you knew him too. But one of our friends, Jordan, our, oh, dude, he'd poke you with his nub, and it hurt so <laughs> bad. Yeah, it did. He'd run up to you, and, you he know hit what? You, and then he'd run away last Dude is I'm not
0: like, bad at games either. He probably isn't. Like, I, he's pretty good at Halo. He played
1: Little Big Planet, uh, Little Big Planet 2 with us when we, sp- <laughs> uh, spent the night at Brent's house during one summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, Thank you guys for the questions. Those are the three we answered tonight. Don't forget that if you did ask one and we did not get to it in this episode, it is simply saving into a bank and we're going to pull that bad boy out and withdraw we'll draw the cash during a reader mail episode. So into the main topic, what we think of reviews, what we use reviews for, you know, I, I like think it,
0: some of it comes down to like review culture. I mean, this is all opinion. We want to say yeah, I mean, a lot of this show is the is opinion. way we consume this kind of media. So this is like, to an extent, this is going to be us kind of doing the things that we like to see in reviews, some of the things that drive us away from reviews sometimes, and how we let that affect our purchase. Now, one thing I've already said, and that's what I kind of want to frame this entire argue, this entire discussion with, uh, is that I tend to not read reviews at all until I have either started playing a game or have completed a game uh, just out of curiosity of what other people thought of the game. See, I don't and intentionally that, do that. And now that's just weird. I, I don't find I mean, I don't myself... Only-
1: i don't know what i'm really trying to say i'll unintentionally do that are like, you unintentionally I unintentionally see scores and stuff on twitter like god of war got a 10 out of 10 on game Informer or something it's like oh, okay you know I'm gonna i want to click through and see review. why they thought it was why did, it's, not, it's not even reading the review at that point you're seeing a score
0: oh and the score is enough for you to be like well obviously they didn't feel one way or another about it enough to i don't know it, it gets interesting but i like that uh one of the weirdest times that's ever happened to me in a game and and I talk about almost every episode. It feels like Uh, the order was one of those moments of just like, I beat the game. Didn't read a single review for it. Kind of stayed radio silent. And then all of a sudden six and five. I I beat the game. I beat the game. And I was like, good game. Obviously not perfect, but a sequel could really make this complete, Formula shine, right? Like you could really refine this down to something that's so amazing. And you were thinking seven and eight I, I, here, I, I fully No, I fully expected like seven, eights, and sixes here and there, right? I Everywhere. saw, I saw reviews ranging from quite literally a like nine two. to a yes. I, I saw, saw some eight, I saw some eights and nines, and, and I saw the occasional nine. The nine was the highest I ever saw. Didn't see any higher than that. And the lowest I saw was a two out of ten. And this is where I talk about, you know, reviews serve a very specific purpose, right? Yeah. And reviews are one of these things that's so hard because a reviewer, what is a review? Realistically, like when you it's think about opinion, a review, it's, it's an opinion. opinion of
1: a journal. I would, I wouldn't even say journalist at this point. Cause anybody can really do them and do them. That's, well, that's true. That's true. Um, but it's a review of a particular gamer on his opinion on this game. Now and what's, what, weird
0: isn't now did, can it be a subjective or an, obj- or an objective naturally it's going to have to be both right yeah i was going to say there has it, to be it, some objective truth to what right. you're talking about
1: does the game perform well yes that's objective but did i like the way the game ended no that's subjective yeah so, so it's,
0: and that's where these go in so you know you talk about bias uh one of the things some people are like well oh, this review is biased uh quick you know realization I mean, for everybody everything is biased all media is biased the balance is finding out how to show your bias make it known that it's bias, and then still have an objective look at it to where you go regardless of my thoughts on the genre or my thoughts on the style of game or th- my thoughts on the way this game handled this one specific thing here's the objective rules of what the game did well the game did perform well the game did have solid voice acting and what i mean by that is that for the most part most people that you could talk to believed what was being said. It felt authentic. It sounded good. Audio quality was good. These are objective hits, right? Right. Then there's subjective hits like replayability. The links By, not by to nature you. of what it is, replayability will always be subjective. Some people will go, well, that's an objective thing. No, that's not. I have already replayed the order more than I guarantee you anyone has. He's put more hours into the order than anybody else <laughs> in the world added up combined. Probably not, but I've beat The Order four times. So my point being... I've beat it once. My point being is that obviously The Order had replayability for me. Not for me. Now, most reviews would have said low to none. That's fine. That is a subjective opinion. I'm not going to go up. I'm not going to go up in arms over that at all because that... I can very well see why someone would think that that game is not replayable. It depends on what you look for in a game. So, But when you start getting into things like from an objective truth reviews get to a point to where how can you give a game and and I've always stood by this how can you give any game that runs as expected like by within the realm of what it's doing right it runs stable it runs stable it's got a stable resolution that's of an acceptable quality for the games and release window around it stable frame rate stable frame rate that is hitting the frame rate that it was aiming for if it's hitting for 60 and it's not hitting 60 that is a negative if it's if it's not hitting close to 60 consistently if there's
1: any drops in it to me then it's a negative. it starts to become a negative yes now severity of the drops severity
0: of the drops is a big thing if Call of Duty... Enough for me to constantly notice exactly. it. Exactly. If Call of Duty has one frame drop in one part of the game where there's a shitload of explosions, then, I mean, whatever. But when you're at a part... When the majority of the game, it doesn't affect you, I'm going to say it gets a pass within reason. And then, so,
1: then there's examples like Divinity 2. I can run that game at 1080p on at 60 frames per second. And when I loaded the game up, the game preset at ultra. Ultra everything. And I can run it at 60 frames per second. Every now and then, it'll, it'll drop to 55. And you can notice it. No matter what I do, I can go to low, I can go to medium, I can go to high. You always get those crazy. I'll get those little five and four frames dropped. That means that game's unoptimized. It means it's not optimized as well as it could be, and that means that there is at that point not a problem with the system, with a problem with the game, and that will affect the score. Now, another big thing, and this is like this is one of my big pet peeves, is that like what you were saying, I think that the game runs as intended. If it is if it has technically a- in the realm of in of possibility, like in the realm of the current timeline, like let's say this game comes out, in, it's running at 1080p 30, perfect. Comes out, and it's running at 720 t- 30 with frame drops. In this day and age, no. But I think no, that, I agree. Yeah. But like for me, I think that a five is is pretty good. Right. Like, it, it's a good middle ground of like you know the game ran and the game was. Like, it, the game performed.
0: And regardless of what my thoughts are on the specific contents of the game, the game has a base. Now, I'm not going to say five is exactly as low as no, you go, just, but that's just realistically, I will say this. I think five is as low as I can personally go. One of the things I know about reviews and review scores in general, and I know pl- plenty of people share this, uh, share this thought, but... Review scores have gotten to where almost every game that's a, year, a yearly game that really doesn't see a lot of improvement seven plus is always a nine or a ten. Or yeah. like, when's the last time you can remember seeing a Call of Duty game that wasn't a, that wasn't at least an eight and a half?
2: And, well, I see, can't. I mean, another... honestly,
0: all of them come out that way. So here's the thing: a ten, and thankfully for most websites, ten really still is. It should be a a, ten maybe be a one a year thing, a very occasional throughout a, a, a console generation thing. The, the real truth of it is, and now it becomes on the thing. If you know that the site that you're getting reviews from reviews on a subjective nature, and they are very clear about that, yeah, then, you again, framing of everything, I guess, matters. If you are a website that you've always gave, given your subjective opinion on a game entirely, and that's what you base your score off of, a 10 out of 10 is different. A 10 out of 10 means it hit everything you wanted it to hit. That's well, fine. Now, a 10 out of 10 from an objective point of view, and but with a little bit of subjectivity in there, that's almost is really rare. hard to hit. I mean, so, that
1: was almost impossible to hit. Yeah, because here's the thing.
0: Point. I mean, Last of Us is a ten out of ten for some people, right? Right. And I would say rightfully so. But I also do understand yeah. people who want to give it an eight five or a nine or I'd give it a nine. Even nine people, even five. if you wanted to give the Last of Us an eight or even a seven five, I start to be like, I get it. Because the game ran, technically, it was very technically impressive for the time period that it was in. It had a story that was cohesive, whether, you, or, whether or not you enjoyed it. It had quality voice capture and, uh, and motion capture. These are things that you start to be like, okay, I get it. So your content, content-wise, this game maybe didn't hit it for you on everything. You've, you've seen better writing in a game or whatever by, by your opinion. These are things where it starts to be there. But that's where five on me becomes a, a, a low. And one of the things I actually, I'm not a big fan of Game Informer all the time. I like reading their reviews occasionally because I like to read them, not look at their scores. They sometimes score games, and I'm like, I honestly agree with that. You know one of the games I love the most, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, Dragon Card 3 is a great game. I love Dragon Card 3. Dragon Card 3 by Game Informer was given a, a six out of ten. You know what? That's an acceptable score
1: due to the performance. It honestly could go lower if you See, wanted to
0: because the game does not run very well. It has a lot of frame rate drops. It, it does not have a great resolution. And that,
1: that brings up a good point for me is that the I think the most important thing about reviews is to find an outlet or I'm going to say outlet, but what I really mean here is a reviewer that you resonate with.
0: Okay, an outlet and a reviewer because you kinda of, no. you kind of you kind of pair them, right? I mean no. that, that doesn't mean that every out every review from the outlet you're gonna like, but like
1: No, because see even then it's IGN
0: here okay, I'm gonna get to this problem here
1: in a second. But like my example is I don't really watch reviews. Um, I there's still a thing in this channel that I want to do is is to review games. So I don't want to watch reviews of people and end up copying them subconsciously or anything of that nature. I don't want to copy like a writing style or something like that and not realize I did it. So I don't try to. I don't try to watch a whole lot of reviews. But what I will say is that the fun reviewers, like Angry Joe and stuff, if I want to be entertained while watching the review, like I'll go to that and just kind of hang out and watch that if I'm bored. Again, like I'm talking about framing, right? What do you go
0: to the review for? Angry Joe's reviews are are honestly they're mostly subjective. They're what he thought the game fit for him.
1: That's 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 my point is that. And video game Donkey has done a very good uh, like, video. Is that the Mac Two guy that
0: you were showing? Yeah,
1: me? he uh, he did a really good, um, a very very good video about this on video game critics about how going if you he, he chopped it up in such a way that it was brilliant. He took an IGN video and he and it was five to six different people who said how bad Sonic as a series sucked, and then it got to the review and it's like, meh, eight o'clock eight. It's like you just like, so who, so like here you are IGN and then you hear the review for it, it's eight. But then the person last year rated a, a Sonic game of six this is a completely different person. It's not consistent. You
0: can't go to that outlet in a way. Consistency is a huge deal. It and, is. And it, 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 it makes sense because here's one of the things. That's the biggest Colin reviewers. already
1: was such a good reviewer. I was a huge fan of Colin and even Greg. Uh, because I knew what they liked, and I knew if I clicked a video on a game I was curious about, I would resonate with them based on what they liked.
0: Colin very much so whenever we was yes. doing that. But I'm with you, because like... IGN specifically, and there's been a lot of people talking there's about too this. There's too wanna, many writers writers. I don't want to sound like I'm cramping all over IGN because they sometimes they deserve it. Because there's been times where I'm uh, like, why do you even cover Kingdom Hearts? Because the people you choose to cover Kingdom Hearts obviously don't know. Well, Master Xenohort? Who the fuck? Yeah, Xenohort. What are you talking about? Xenohort? Like, have they ever played the game? Yeah. Uh, literally, you could have done a quick YouTube video of, like, plot points that you probably, you know... Over briefing things that you need to know about Kingdom Hearts as a, yeah. as a man. main main like,
1: characters, it's just that's the fa- the fallacy of companies like this, and it goes with every big company: GameSpot, Game Informer, um, and IGN. Some of it comes there's down too many. There's
0: time constraints of these things. Sometimes there's like, too many employees. I now. am not a you fan. Don't, you of,
1: don't know what you're getting when you go to a review. True,
0: but I'm not a fan of when you go to a site and. Definitely, it's like if you go to a site enough to visit and kind of know the reviewers and you actually kind of start to learn what games they like and then you see a game reviewed by someone who obviously doesn't even like the style of game, it's like, but why would you give it to them? Yeah. It will be so hard for them to subjectively remove themselves from the equation to figure out what the objective truth is because some objectivity comes from relation to other things that it's saying, right? Puzzle games, if you don't play puzzle games, you don't know what is – you can't compare it to its peers, right? So how right. do you give it a fair rating? Exactly. And, I mean – that gets to be weird. It's like, and then sometimes you get people who do not play open world RPGs who get assigned an open world RPG to, and, they,
1: and they're overwhelmed, and they take that as a as a. That's and it's a like, oh, the, the,
0: yeah, exactly. And these are things where it's like, but that is inherent of the genre. Now, these are things you see, and I like it when you see companies do a uh, try and minimize that. You you'll see similar genres reviewed by a similar like by a similar group of people, and you start and like that's why it's rare. But you've got to start looking. Now I I look at reviews so far less. I actually never watch reviews. I'm very odd. Reviews are one of the the things that I still like to be pure reading. I just, I very, I enjoy when someone writes. Well, yeah, but see, I don't, it gets weird to me, but sometimes gameplay will be what sells me. Sometimes just hearing someone talk about something positively enough will make, or or regardless, in a way that interests me enough that it wants to push me towards at least trying it. But Again, it depends on what I'm looking the review for. Am I looking for it to see if I like the game, or am I looking for it in a post-mortem? Right. And these are weird things. Sometimes I like, I like a good writing style when I'm when I'm reading about a game I already oh, know. It, yeah, it's about, Colin Mori was really and, good and I, I like that kind of stuff. But you know, there you get to be a point where it's like now I don't consume. Reviews as often anymore, so I don't even follow any names anymore. But one of the things, like, you know, you get into review culture of what people do from a review writer standpoint and from a review reader standpoint. One of the things that people do really bad, and what you, what the reviewer sites are trying to keep people from doing, is clicking on article and then scrolling all the way down to the bottom to see a score.
1: Yeah, and that's a thing. And to me, that's that is big the problem.
0: biggest mistake you can make. Yeah. Because you will see a score. You and arbitrarily you give that game that score in your mind. And we're, regardless of, you may think that a 6 is bad. And I just said, exactly. Draken Guard 3 is honestly, I would give it probably a 7 from a subjective mix-in to a 7-5. But that's because the game hits me on emotional parts that I like more. And I think that it does enough good to outweigh the bad that it's still a fun play. Now, 7 is high for some people. And I get that.
1: I would, see, I, I would say... I, a, a
0: 6 is respectful, but it comes down to... If you see a game and a game gets a seven, and to you a seven is low and not worth your time, you didn't even read the review. You could play that game, and that game could be a, a subjective ten to you. And that's what I'm saying. And that game, yeah. see, here's the thing: one of my ga- game of the generation last year, so hard to nail down, right? Or oh, last weird. generation. Uh, when you're looking at that, it it's a subjective thing in the long run. When you really think about it, it's the way the game made you feel, the way you remember the game, it's the, the, game the memories you, you have. picked exactly. over every other game. And that's what I say. Like I know that near the original near should not be my game of the generation for PS3 but it is we'll see and that's in t- terms of if you want to go off of review scores right, right? because it got i think like a, a 7
1: like, yeah and th- and that's another thing is that, like speaking of 7 7 doesn't always mean bad like if i rated no, it, it, it a 7 it's it like that's like at best like i would say pick that game up on a discounted price exactly, but because I know, it's still worth playing but i know people
0: who don't and and that's what i'm thinking you get to this weird thing which like people have got to learn who like they got to learn the review? That's why I, I like reviewers that don't give scores. ACG
1: is a really good reviewer. I don't really watch him that much anymore, uh, especially when I was writing like writing my own reviews because it's just one of those things that like. I would watch him so much that I do not want subconsciously stuff leaking in from him into my work.
0: Well, and things influence you because I mean, but, even as a musician, that happens. Yeah, right. The things and, that you listen to and frame around the time that you're writing on anything will start to kind of influence you, right? Uh, you know, and,
1: and that's kind of one of those things of like he's perfect. Like I know, I know his style and I know his type of game. And I was thinking about it. I was like, if you give me a fishing game, I guarantee you, there's going to be some of that game I don't like that's meant to be in that game. But but you shouldn't have given it to me because it's not my game. It's not my style of game. And that's kinda what you get when you get in an IGN and stuff like that. Like you rated Pokemon Alpha Sapphire a seven point eight and gave it said too much water? Did you play the originals? No.
0: And and what's the point of a remake to be, you know Yeah And again, see this, that's the, where does a review lie? Is it trying to find what based off of modern standards what it goes up against? Or in the in the form of a remaster? This is where reviews get so weird because like I say all reviews are subjective to an extent. They're biased to an extent. These are things you have to get over and you have to find your things. But it's so hard to try and find that balance that you really just have to look at your own things. And that's why I was saying I love when re- when review sites get rid of a score. Scores are a problem. My my thing would be should you play it. I right think- At the end of the review, that's all I would say is should you play it. And as long as I got through it and I feel like it's got some value to someone, I say yes. That's why, you know, we, we've talked about doing reviews before if we ever start to do them on our own. But, I mean, like, even our impressions videos to me come down to, always is a game I played. Do I think that you should play it or you should spend your money on it? Because a lot of the times that's what reviews do for people is they go through the, do I need to spend my money on this game because my money is precious, I don't have unlimited funds, and I want to make sure I'm getting games that are worth it. I mean, So we're lucky enough that almost every game we want, we have the income, the disposable income, to be able to pick it up. And there are a lot of people that aren't. So, I mean, reviews mean something different to us than other people. So, obviously, we can't speak just wholeheartedly on the matter, but I mean- What we're talking about is our just basic opinion on things and when it comes to what a review should do for you. My real suggestion would be to never look at a review score. Always read a review. Really read it and look at the occasional screenshots that are spread out through there so that you know if the art style jobs are new things like that. Kind of get a feel for the game and then just make the call on your own. Be like, from what he said, I feel like this hits enough things that I would enjoy or that intrigue me enough that I would at least like to try regardless of if I end up enjoying them in the long run. But ironic that they rated, oh wow. <laughs> IGN just got flagged
1: as a deceptive site on my uh, phone. But it's ironic that, and this is the thing I was talking about, that back in 2003, they rated Pokemon Sapphire and Ruby a 9.5. Yeah. And then so now here, back in 2014, a different person reviewed it and rated it a 7.8. And it is literally just a remastered from the ground up Remake. And the complaints in this review aren't something that's new to the game. Literally, the complaints are too much water and too many uh, TMs, HMs, I mean. Those are two things that were in the original game. Too much surfing and too many t- HMs. But
0: my, and that's why I say. Is the review trying to straddle the line between trying... See, in that case, I would look for a review for a remaster or a remake. That, uh, if it's a true-to-life remake like Omega is trying to be. Yeah. Um, it's that you want the game to have those things, right? To an extent, but then you start it's to a remake. A, if it's a remake. Now, if it's a remake that's taking creative liberties, then fine. Now review it yeah, like it it's the common base. Fix, game. fix but it like they kind of
1: did with whatever. Uh, what are they, uh, Sun and moon
0: reviews? Are a tricky thing. That's yeah, what I'm are. coming down to. They really are, and it's all about finding your own thing. But, I mean, my advice, uh, like I said, is just to make calls on your own. Always read reviews. Or, if you're watching a review, don't worry about the score they give at the end. Honestly, keep yourself... Yeah, the score keep is the even true subjective it. part. If you're watching a video, if you, if you see that score thing about to pop up, pause it. I don't. I say don't even look at the score. I, I think,
1: see people do quarter scores. Have you ever seen that? Like, like 7.25? I'm like, really? Like
0: Yeah. Well, at that I mean, point, I, just
1: do 7.2 out of 10 or something, or 3 at that point. But, like, my whole thing is, is that, like, just... I'll give you this tip, much advice because this is what I do. Go into review and look at the negatives. Then go look at another review and see if the negatives are the
0: same. If they are, you got something going there that you may They're probably not. negatives that are going to be consistent across the board. Right. Now Which if you is, start to see these negatives switch up, it starts to be obvious that these negatives are from are, a, a subjective a, standpoint. Yeah.
1: So, so like that's my thing is I go into reviews and I'm like, "You know, Hyrule warriors for the switch looks kind of good. i me go to look at reviews for that. Oh, frame rate drops? No, thank you." And that's not something that's that's going on. That's just an example. But it's kind of like if I see three different uh, Nintendo websites review it and they say all the oh frame rate drops, um, crashing and stuff. It's like okay, these are technical problems. I need to watch out for
0: technical you know, problems. Are not links, subjective. Links, links.
1: Yeah. Uh, then you know. Then there's IGN. Links uh, sword in his game's his right hand. No, that's not something that you give the game a seven for. Don't put that as your negative. Too much water. Anyways, guys. I think we're going to wrap up here. This has been episode 53. Be sure to check the description below for all the goodies that we have, timestamps. You can come join us on Patreon if you do so, if you want. Um, and uh, our links to Discord, our Twitter, and our Gmail. So we appreciate you guys for stopping by. All
0: in the link. I need to remember. I'm going to have to really put, drill up my head to put that gameplay thing from Lost Soul aside. Just for people who have never even heard of it. I'll put the video us, donkey
1: video in there while I'm at it, too. I might grab that loss of a side it new one?
0: everything. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. But anyway, I will try and remember those things, but until next week, this has been Triangle Squared. Thank, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. You said what I was going to say. I hate you.